<laughs> For those that are tuning into this podcast to get to hear the music before I play it, that's something that I wish they would just do on all of the platforms. Shouts out to Anchor, because you know what? I fuck with y'all, man. Y'all got me out there. Like, I thought that it was just going to be, I'm just doing it for y'all. Y'all got me all the way out there. Best deal. Literally two years in a row, I've made good deals and I've done good business with good people. So with this being Christmas Eve, I want to shout out some people. Number one, shouts out to DistroKid. Thanks to DistroKid, I will no longer, as an artist, chase or seek a record deal from any company. Fuck Sony, fuck uh, 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 Universal, fuck all that. I don't need them. All I need is a fan base. And I'm like, damn, if I put in the work and the dedication, I can build up a, a fan base on my own especially nowadays because all you got to do is some stupid shit do some stupid shit and you go viral and you'll have a million people watching you as it is and then all you got to do is just sneak in some music like oh guess what along with doing dumb goofy shit on the internet um did you know that i actually make music and i'm quite talented and it's like motherfucker you was a rapper the whole time Shit don't fool me. I was on Facebook Live, but I figured, fuck it. Let's do what I call a raw podcast. Because I had a hangover. I had a hangover like a motherfucker. And I sat up and I looked at my motherfucking glass. I mean, obviously y'all can't see this shit. And there's still some shit in it. But I got one of them um, rich, I got one of them rich nigga bottles. And I bought it at the dollar store for like $8. And I'm talking about it's that rich nigga shit. Like, um, for some of y'all that are old enough to remember this, remember the first Batman movie with uh, Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson as the motherfucking Joker? Remember when the uh, Joker ran down on his old mob boss and he was like, would you like a drink? And he poured himself some scotch. And it was a big square-ass glass. And they had a fucking top on him. And he poured it out of that shit. Because no matter what kind of liquor you're drinking, the shit looks elegant coming out of this type of motherfucking glass. Well, I woke up and I saw that that glass was like, damn near, y'all can hear it, right? It's still some shit in it. <laughs> that motherfucker was damn near finished. And I said, oh, fuck. I'm hungover. I'm feeling like shit. I said, what am I going to do? I said, am I going to waste Christmas Eve? Just laying here until I feel better like a little old bitch? I said, fuck nah. I said, I know how to bounce back. And the way you bounce back, shouts out to my little brother. My little brother told it to me. And then a fine-ass, light-skinned chick that I did wind up being able to kiss. We didn't fuck, but I did take her out on a date and we did kiss. And it was one of the best kisses ever. It was passionate and it was full of love. 
They both told me the same thing. So between a chick that I like that I got to kiss and between my favorite little brother in the world, they both said the same thing. Oh, yeah. And Denzel. It's the law of threes. Denzel said it in training day. In the movie training day, they had a fucking hangover. And Ethan Hawke was sitting there like, oh, I'm fucking hungover. What the fuck do I do? He said, shit, get you a beer. And they popped them tall cans. You get a tall can. So, man, whenever you have a hangover, fuck some car. Well, if you got to go to work, like I said on my live, if you got to go to work, because I do not believe in drinking on duty. Do not drink before duty. So, if you got to go into duty, you need coffee. But if you're off duty, fuck it, a beer. It gives you balance. Beer will give you balance. That's why, for real, don't even drink beer to get drunk. Because if you drink beer to get drunk, you can drink enough beers to get drunk. But guess what you're going to have? You're going to have a fucking big ass fucking case and a whole bunch of empty beer cans. And you're going to get fat. Because beers give you carbs. Beers fill you up. Trust me. Right now, I'm trying. But I digress. Like my boy Tariq Nasheed would say back in the days. I digress. Let me teach y'all young motherfuckers about some shit that is damn near going to be considered the stone age even though for real my parents considered it a come up let me take y'all back to a fucking place called 1998 gather around the campfire children and go ahead and get their marshmallows on a stick and bring them to the fire Old man Black Fiddler tell you a tale about how things were in 1998. Back in 1998, we had a thing called CDs. And we had a thing called music videos. And the only time we could see them was on a television. Fuck looking at a music video on your laptop. That wasn't even possible. Looking at a music video on your cell phone. No way. No how. In order to look at a music video. To look at a rap video. You had to sit your ass down in front of a TV. And you had to catch it live. And my parents finally got a hold of the concept. But as the king of the millennials, the elder of the millennials, I figured out a way to capture the live music and the live rap video while it was being played. I had to use a VCR and I used a video cassette I would place the video cassette tape into the VCR 
and it would be one that was ready to record whatever was being played on the TV because it was hooked up to the TV. <laughs> then I would hit the record button. Once I would hit the record button, I would record everything that was going on. And when I was tired of recording the shit that was going on, I hit the stop button. Yeah. Nowadays, y'all call it Vivo, Devo, whatever the fuck. I call it recording shit on tape. Little pussy ass niggas. Now, also, in 98, I saw the breaking dawn of the internet. I was here when the internet began. Little niggas. So pull your pants up and listen to an OG. Like I was saying on my live, but I figured I'd save it for my podcast. I saw the beginning of this shit. It was 1998. My mama, shout out to my mama. I always love my mama. What they say? I always love my mama. She's my only girl. Only one of the girls in the whole world. I always love my mama. Alright, man. Black men, we love our mothers more than any other race. Because we understand. Man, you had to push me out. You had to endure labor. And then you had to raise my ass for 18 years. Then, as a mother, you still worry about me, even though I'm a grown-ass man. That's what mothers do. But anyways, I'm just eating part of this breakfast sandwich. Mm. Shouts out to the gas station around the corner. They ain't got no name. It's just an Exxon with a fucking convenience store conveniently placed inside of it. They got some bomb-ass breakfast sandwiches. The Mexican chicks that serve you the food, they're going to treat you like shit, but you're going to get some good food for a decent price. But they're going to treat you like shit. They've learned to respect me because of the fact that I've been checking their ass in English and in Spanish. Feliz Navidad. All right. So back to the subject So In 98 My mama had me Hook up the computer And she was like We have the internet I said the internet I've been hearing About this shit I ain't say shit Cause it's my mama I was like I've been hearing About this stuff All year mom She was like Yeah Now we got the internet Information Is now At our disposal She was like But you know what Don't get no slick ideas don't log on and get, in the, and get in front of this computer and get butt naked. I said, I want mom. I was like, damn. That's the first thing I was thinking about, man. I'm a 15-year-old boy in 1998. I'm like, man, and I ain't trying to be funny. Be squeamish if you want to. It's 1998, and I'm 15 years old. You know what 15-year-old boys do in 98? 
they jack off and they fuck. Alright? If they're not fucking a live human being, they jacking off to a damn sports illustrated. Oh, fuck, I'm from the old school age of jacking off. <laughs> See, y'all young niggas, y'all got it made. Y'all got this fucking cell phone, and y'all niggas can literally, because I do it, y'all niggas can literally pull up a fucking porno site, and y'all can customize your jack off experience. Like, you know what? Fuck it. I want to jack off to some white hoes. Alright, bam! I want to jack off to some black chicks. I want to jack off to some Brazilian chicks. I want to jack off to some Latinas <laughs> getting smashed. And you got your choice. You can watch them get fucked. Or hell, you can just um watch them by themselves. I just want to see a Latina in the shower. Internets. Smartphone. Can you give me a Latina chick in a shower by herself? Boom. You'll fight within your own mind of which Latina in the shower you want to jack off to. In 98, there were no choices, young man. It was a serious catalog. Sports Illustrated. On some risque shit in a fucking movie that came out on cable that you can fucking catch. Netflix. Boy. It was a rough time trying to jack off back then. So yes. The internet was also slow. My mama was making good money. When I said good money, damn good money for a black woman in St. Louis with two degrees. Damn good money. And I see that the shit wasn't by accident. It wasn't some magical Negro shit. My mama is a strong ass woman. And she did that shit by design. She had her mind made up when she got her uh, master's degree. And I love that picture. That's why I'm glad I got it on my Facebook and as a part of my digital catalog. She had her mind made up, which is I'm a black woman with two kids. And I already know that I had to raise one on this own. And it's a possibility that I'm probably going to have to raise this other one by myself because, you know, Whatever, whatever. Marriage is marriage. One thing that I respect about my mother is she did it marriage first. She wasn't like the rest of you hoes. Uh, let me just go ahead and get pregnant by some nigga that I barely know. A nigga that won't even think of me seriously enough to put a ring on him. One thing I respect about my mother is both times that she got pregnant, it was by men that put a ring on him. They respected her as a woman. And she showed enough respect in herself as a woman when she said, you know what? You got to put a ring on it. Boom. You got to put a ring on it. Now that you put a ring on it, let's see if our marriage can last a few years. Just me and you, dude. Boom. And both times. Hey, all right. Now I will give you a seed. <laughs> I got to do the Kawhi Leonard laugh on that one. <laughs> That's a real gangster for you. Back to the subject. The internet was slow as hell back then, children. Back then, 
Imagine waiting 10 minutes just to get a signal. Yeah, see now, your signal is always there. Now, as soon as you want to get on the internet, the internet's already on. Only thing that to cut off the signal is you turning your own damn phone off. For real. Back then, we used to have to wait. And it was connected to a landline. So imagine for 10 minutes, you have no communication with the world. If people would try to call you, they would get a busy signal. You know, yeah, you couldn't be on the internet and talking to a human being at the same time. Once you decided that you wanted to go on the internet, all connection to the house was gone. You had no communication with the outside world besides being on the internet so you had to be in and out you had to get your information off the internet and you had to be out and in my case no I respected my mother's wish which was I'm not going to get butt naked in front of this computer and jack off to images on the screen no what I did is I printed pictures I looked up pictures of naked chicks and I would just print them off I printed them off and I kept them in a nice little folder called the jack off folder and then I would politely take them to my bedroom and that's when I would handle my business and it was one time where I realized I fucked up because I saw that the ink was getting low because one of my pictures came out real grainy and I checked the ink cartridge and I said damn but by that point I was working I was making a little money so I said fuck it I went to Best Buy and I bought some ink cartridges and I replaced that shit cause if you're gonna use some shit it is what it is but you gotta replace it damn it that's the one thing that I just want y'all young niggas to get through your head it's okay to use up shit you're 16, you're 17 years old. You don't know no better. You ju- you just flying by your ass. I know how it is, 16 year old in 2019. You know what I'm saying? Your jeans are too tight. Your music sucks. Your girls don't look like shit in the face, but they got big asses. You're going through some hard times, young man. You're confused. You don't know what the fuck is going on. Listen to the OG. The king of the millennials, man. The OG of the millennials. The one that had Saturday morning cartoons. If you use some shit up, just replace it. Nobody's going to get mad at you for using shit up. It's just when you use shit up and don't replace it, fam. Man. That's the fucking game for you right there. I just really wish that I could have a bigger platform to talk to you young niggas, man. Because you young niggas, man, y'all need guidance, man. You need guidance. And y'all pants are way too damn tight. Like, seriously, how do y'all even hold a wallet? Like, I ain't trying to be funny. As a man, I like to, you know, as an old nigga, I like to wear cargos. I like to wear black cargo pants. They match with damn near everything I got because I wear black shirts. I like to wear dark colors. So I'm wondering, am I the weirdo nowadays? 
because I like to wear dark colors and I like a good cargo pant. I feel like I got extra pockets. I got two side pockets on my legs. Then I got two pockets by my hip and I got two ass pockets. I keep my wallet in the ass pocket. I can put whatever I want to in these cargo pockets right by the right 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 by the damn leg right by the damn leg you know what i'm saying and then i got these fucking side pockets man shit give me a nice uh little maybe a 38 or maybe something i can fuck around and keep a little piece in one of these bitches man especially like maybe a small little deuce deuce that'll get a nigga up off of you real quick y'all niggas i don't feel like y'all got them options man with the fucking ripped legs, man, you got half of your skin showing. I feel like if I want my skin to show, I would just wear shorts. Like whenever I felt like women needed to see my legs, and mind you, my baby mama has told me, and this is someone that has actually went all the way the distance. Not only did she have sex with me, but she decided to have a child by me. My baby mama told me, she said, boy, you got some sexy legs. I was like, oh, for real? Huh? I'm confused. Huh? Oh, I ain't know my legs were sexy. She's like, yeah, she got some sexy calf muscles. So me, as a fucking, just an, I feel like I really am a fucking OG. As an OG, I feel like this. If I want to show off my legs, I'll just wear some damn shorts. I'm not going to wear jeans and expose half my leg. I'm gonna give bitches the whole fucking raw deal. So anyways, man, let me talk to y'all millennials because I'm gonna let y'all know that shit used to be rough because a lot of y'all millennials, man, y'all are spoiled as fuck. You know that? Y'all are spoiled, man. And the internet is what made y'all spoiled. See, we had to earn internet privileges back then. I remember when I got to college. Man, when I got to college, it was like the fucking Jetsons. It was the year 2000 and all of a sudden the internet was there and it was built in. It was built in and they had a better type of service going on. Where literally like soon as you hit your computer, soon as you turn your computer on, bam, you're on. And the shit was high speed. They called it high speed internet. And oh man. The possibility of being able to jack off is there, but guess what fucked it up? You've got a fucking roommate. So that ain't happening. So for the most part, it was about being on the internet and being able to steal music. Being able to hijack music without having to pay for it. And this is back when music was still good. See, I ain't gonna lie. Call it shots fired, I don't care. I'm the OG of this shit. So I don't give a fuck. Shots fired. Y'all new shit, the shit y'all putting out nowadays ain't even worth stealing. Because I don't even have to steal it nowadays. I can access the shit through SoundCloud, SoundClick, YouTube, whatever the fuck. And so basically, to me, being that as a grown man, I gotta pay my cell phone bill. The shit is basically free. The shit is basically free to me. And I still don't fuck with it. 
Let's take you back to an age where the music was damn near addictive. Where you had to hear it. You heard somebody else playing it, but you couldn't play it through your stereo. You couldn't play it on your CD. Yes, back then, at one point, I lived in the age where not only did we have CDs that we bought, we had CDs that we would buy just to steal shit, just to steal music. They called it a blank CD. The blank CD no longer exists. Woohoo! Everything is MP3 now. Everything is MP3, MP4. Let me crack open some of this Herbert's lemonade. Some of the best lemonade known to man. This is pure. And they let you know, hand squeezed, 100% lemonade. I gotta take a sip just for y'all to feel it, man. Y'all need to feel this, man. Woo! Herbert's lemonade is the shit. Lemonade was a popular drink and it still is. This shit is so far and so 100%. You can see the lemon pulps. Lemon pulps. You can see little pieces of the lemon floating in the water. That is hand squeezed lemonade. This lemonade is on some old your grandmama and your granddaddy. Shouts out and rest in peace to both of mine. They're both in heaven. Merry Christmas to y'all. I know that y'all are up there listening and I can feel y'all spirit. I felt your spirit yesterday, grandmama. I definitely felt you. At one point, you decided to just, you know, you crept up on me. And you put your spirit on me. I love you, grandmama. And I love you too, granddaddy. But yeah, this is like your grandparents sitting on the porch. Reflecting on life at 80 years old. With a cool breeze going. 60 degree weather type of lemonade. Y'all new generation, man. Y'all don't appreciate shit like that, man. Y'all don't even drink liquor. You know, be a fucking adult. Be a man. Fuck it. You're fucking up your kidney. You're fucking up your liver anyways. Drink some real fucking shit, bro. Drink some fucking liquor. That codeine ain't doing shit for you. That fucking lean ain't doing shit for you. But destroying your mind and your body. At least if you drink some alcohol. Fuck it. You might be fucking up your kidneys. You might be fucking up your liver. But you know what? The shit has a way of replenishing itself. It's called go to sleep and don't be a fucking alcoholic. You know what I'm saying? It's called don't drink every fucking day. Just drink occasionally. And when you do, get fucked up and have a good time. Why are y'all drinking this lean? That's some shit. Now I'm sounding like the old nigga in the room. So let's talk. I wish somebody could get in the comments section after I publish this and maybe talk to my ass. What, what are y'all getting out of this lean? Because what I'm seeing is it makes you sleepy. 
right. Number one, when I get fucked up, it's to stay away. I feel like I can go to sleep on my own. If I just want to go to sleep, I do that shit sober. And I've been there where I've just been tired as hell. And I just be like, you know what? I just want to sleep. Guess what? I don't start opening up tall cans, opening up bottles of liquor. I just say, fuck it. Shit, since I'm ready to go to sleep, I'm ready to go to sleep. The shit makes y'all sound drowsy. Y'all sound stupid. Y'all stop mumbling. That's where all this mumble rap came from. Now, I love hip hop. Shouts out to my mother once again. My mother introduced me to hip hop. But I grew up around some real shit. I was born in 82. I started listening to music around 88, 89. I was listening to Eric B and Rakim. I was listening to Run DMC, Will Smith, LL Cool J, Queen Latifah, Big Daddy Kane, MC Light, Salt and Pepper, Public Enemy, Tupac, Biggie, Jay Z, Nas, Eminem, 50. KRS-One Nelly Ali The whole St. Lunatics Jim Jones Joel Santana Kanye West Most Def Talib Kweli Andre 3000 UGK, which is Bun B, Pimp C, 8Ball, and MJG, Triple Six Mafia, nigga, Brother Lynch Hung, nigga, my very first CD, Spice One, nigga, E. 40. Oh man, I felt like this whole podcast was going to be fucked up if I ain't mentioned this nigga, my weeplization. Like, have you lost your marbles? How dare you sit up here in uh, game disrespect and not talk about me? Weeplization. You've lost your whole mind state. E4O, oh, bro. Spit them LIPs. A nigga got to be about his marbles, man. You know, dodging these, dodging these suckers, man. This game goofy. No, I mean, just trying to money mac up on a million. Evo, oh, I listen to some real shit, and it was real. Oh, my bad. Hold up. Since I'm on, since I'm, I'm on, I'm on the bay, right? I'm on the bay. Let me not be on the bay and disrespect the bay. Shouts out to E4O. Like I said, man, my whipalization, I get you. Oh, since we at the Bay, bruh, since we hanging around the Bay, bruh, let's shout out some niggas from the Bay that I grew up on, bruh. MC Hammer, I bought tapes, not CDs. I did buy a CD of uh, the Funky Headhunter. That's when Hammer went hardcore. And he was like, fuck it, don't even call me MC Hammer, just call me Hammer. (laughs) 
That's when that nigga had the pumps in a bump. Pumps in a bump. Oh, we let the girls with the pumps in a bump. Oh, pumps in a bump. Pumps in a bump. Oh, we let the girls with the pumps in a bump. Oh, pumps in a bump. Oh, we let the girls with the pumps in a bump. Oh, pumps in a bump. Oh, we let the girls with the pumps in a bump. Oh, pumps in a bump. I said, damn, have a try. Have a try. Bless his heart. But no, I fucked with MC Hammer, man. Like, too legit. Too legit to quit. Oh, oh. Too legit. Too legit to quit. Oh, oh. Too legit. Oh, too legit to quit. And this nigga, MC Hammer, people have to respect it. The nigga came out of Oakland and he repped the shit out of Oakland, bro. That nigga used to be wearing Oakland athletic shit, bro. That nigga made Oakland A's shit hot. The Oakland A's, bro. The Oakland Athletics. That nigga would be wearing the green jackets and everything. That nigga repped the fuck out of the town. And that nigga... It's, it's been a few niggas that I've seen that really repped the town. And Nelly's one of them. That's why I always have much love for my brother Nelly, man. Out of the lunatics, man, it's three of them that I really fuck with, man. I got much love for Nelly. I got much love for my brother Ali. I have spoke to Ali personally, man. He's a real good dude. And he was there for me during a time where St. Louis police had did some fucked up shit towards my father. And he was down and he heard my pain and my frustrations. And uh, Kiwan, shouts out to Kiwan, man. Kiwan is a real good dude. Kiwan would see me in the streets and Kiwan would just, you know, always salute me, always dap me, you know what I'm saying? Always had a good smile on his face, man. Just when I see Kiwan, man, I peep positive energy because I can peep people's energy. So I know when you've got fucked up energy. And Kiwan, I could tell, I, I could already tell through the music that he had a good energy, a good spirit, you know what I'm saying? But just being around Kiwan, just even in real life, man face to face with the nigga the nigga Kiwan got good energy man and then um, also also um, I don't know because I saw somebody say free city so I'm like I don't know if he's backing it or whatever but either way man city spud much love to city spud bro also a good nigga he ain't got that same aura as Kiwan you know what I'm saying you can always tell that some shit is on his mind whenever you're around city spud Whenever you're around Spud, you can tell that he's got some shit on his mind and it always seemed like he was kind of looking around his shoulder. But it's all good because I'm kind of the same way. So me and him, our energy match, man. And the one thing I liked about him, man, is he was cool with me. He was cool with my homeboy, JT, that I was cool with a long time ago. And when that nigga saw us drinking at the bar, ordering drinks, he said, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> that nigga would fuck around and just put his hands out like a fucking referee saying the field goes no good. Like, nah. Your money's no good here, man. Uh-uh. I got that. What they drinking? Oh, okay. Is this that much? Oh. Twenty, thirty dollars? Ain't, ain't shit. Here you go, man. Just go ahead, man. And then he would just Another nigga from the A, man, that I love and I respect, bro. Not I used to respect him. I still respect him to this fucking day, man. Because there's some times where I'm going through something and I have to pull up his music, man. That nigga too short. Man, I bought a couple of too short records. Literally, man. You know, I tried to get one of his uh, first albums, man, where he had In the Ghetto. How old were you when you figured out that Gerald LeVert 
was actually on the hook singing in the ghetto with too short man i fuck with that nigga short bro short man fucking living living goddamn legend bro i'm sorry fuck it if i sound passionate i am passionate because i have a heartbeat i have a soul that's another thing with y'all millennials, man. Y'all do the dumbest shit, but y'all scared to get passionate or raise your voice a little bit. Everything is, yeah, man. You know, I'm cool. Even when y'all try to threaten each other. Y'all be trying to send out threats to each other. Yeah, nigga. You know, you ain't gonna pull up, nigga. You ain't gonna pull up, nigga. When I see you, nigga, it's like that. You know what I'm saying? Shoot his own deck, nigga. Shoot his own deck. It's like, that's why nobody takes you fucking seriously. I wish you young millennials would just fucking get with it, man. Y'all really got me sounding like the old nigga in the room, but that's what I'm going to be today. Matter of fact, that's what I'm going to call this episode. I'm going to call this episode the old nigga in the room. Because that's what y'all make me feel like, man. But shouts out to Shoot Too Short. Um, Shouts out to Spice One. I ain't gonna lie, Spice One was my first ever rap tape, and I loved it, because Spice One has some good-ass beats, and when I look at it now that I'm an older person, I'm like, damn, bro, you did talk about some negative-ass shit. You talked about killing people for a long time, but I like the fact that he progressed, and after a while, he started talking about some other shit, and he started getting more on some player shit, and he started leveling out, but... I don't know, man. He 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 made murder sound so good. As fucked up as it is to say, to as fucked up as it may seem to say, he made murder sound so good, bro. Shouts out to your producer, Spice One, and shouts out to you because Spice One had a sick ass flow, and I studied his flow. I studied his flow, and I hold up. I knew I was fucked up on this list. Something in my soul was telling me, bro, you're fucked up on your list of all of the people you fuck with if you don't mention them. Bro, how could I forget? Bone, thugs, and motherfucking harmony. Come on, man. I ain't gonna lie, bro. That's... I ain't gonna lie. Before them... I had a flow. That's why I appreciate myself as an artist. And that's why I will continue doing music until the day that God takes breath out of my body. Because I realized that I had something special because I knew how to flow. And I knew how to rap fast as fuck before I even figured out who Bone was. But when Bone came out, I said, thank God. I said, now, thanks to them. Oh, and another nigga, Twister, because I've met him. I've met Twister face to face and the funny thing about you twister is twister you confuse me bro that nigga twister talks slow as fuck he talks slow as hell but raps fast as hell i think what it does is when he talks he's saving his mental energy for when it's time to get in the booth or something because i met that nigga twister and I was like, yo, Twister, what's up? I'm a big fan, bro. I got Adrenaline Rush, man. I bought the CD for real, man. How you been doing? Oh, shit. Ain't nothing, man. Just chilling like a motherfucker. I know that's right, Twister. 
Damn, man, there's a lot of hoes in this motherfucker tonight, bruh. Yeah, dog. It's a lot of hoes in this motherfucker for real. Like you saying, dog. Check old girl right there, man. She got a fat ass, don't she? Yeah, man, her ass fat as a motherfucker. Shit. I damn near need to get up on her, man. Matter of fact, fuck that, man. It was good hollering at you, Twister, man. I'm about to go ahead and see what's up with that. Aye, man. <laughs> but nobody can keep up with this nigga. Me, myself, I can rap my ass off and I can't even keep up with this nigga verses. Like, that nigga Twister, I used to actually study his verses just to tighten up my flow. And I've actually done it. Where I've literally took in a twist verse and I would just sit up and I would just keep on repeating it. And the more I repeat it, I would be like, okay, am I on it? Am I on it? Am I on it? Am I on it? And the more I got on it, the more it tightened up my flow, bro. Twister was my lyrical exercise. Like the, the, the verse that he did on Champions. I used to keep up with that shit my junior year of college. I used to get blow. I get high as a motherfucker right before class. And I fuck around and put on that song, We Are the Champions, the Pain and Fool soundtrack, nigga. What you little young niggas know about that? I bought the movie and the soundtrack. That's the shit we used to do back then. We would buy the DVD. And we would go back to the record store and buy the damn soundtrack. A DVD and a CD. Man, I fucked around and listened to that Twister verse. And it helped me tighten up my whole flow. Because I knew I had some rhyming to do, man. And it made me a fucking beast and animal. Like I said, Twister though, I can't fuck with Twister though. Twister, he's got the title legit. But I'm like, damn, I can get up there, man. And niggas have told me, like, yo, you are able to get up there. Why don't you try to get right at Twister's level? I'm like, uh, I don't know, man. He's just, he's got, it, it's God gave him a gift. And God gave me a gift because I went from not knowing how to rap, period. And people think this is funny. It was one day I woke up and I couldn't rap worth shit. I was making little poetry. I would make little poems because as a little kid, the bitches weren't fucking with me. And my mama was always telling me like, Brandon, you're a handsome kid. I don't know what it is, but for some reason, the chicks ain't fucking with you. And they would call me ugly. And the shit had me borderline depressed. Like, damn, I'm talking about like, it was some weird shit. Like I wasn't a bad looking kid, but the chicks used to just run up on me and they'd be like, Brandon, we hate you. You're ugly. And I was like, where is all of this weird ass negative energy coming from? And I'm supposed to be at a Catholic school. I'm at a Catholic private school. I'm like, mama, just send me to public school. You can save some money. I can deal with this negative shit for free and save you some money. I'm like, damn, you, you paying this money for me to be in this fucking cool ass private school. But I'm up here like I'm going through some public school shit. The bitches called me ugly, and then I had to fight niggas. 
I'm at a fucking Catholic school, my nigga. Like, bro, people don't realize that. I'm at a Catholic school. We're wearing fucking blue khakis and fucking white shirts and fucking blue sweaters. Nigga, we have to go to fucking uh, church like maybe twice a month. You know what I'm saying? The Catholic school, bro. Like the Catholic preacher dude. We'll fuck around and get to kicking game. And after that, we had to drink holy water and eat the holy bread. That was dry as hell. Then after that, man, you know what I'm saying? Old boy, we put his hands in the tar. Old boy, white dude, we put his hands in the tar and put a cross in between your eyes and your eyebrows, man. Real Catholic school shit. But as soon as we get back into the class, niggas is cussing. Niggas is cussing the teacher out. Niggas is fighting in the middle of class. It was some whole ass shit, man. We had niggas fighting girls, bro. Matter of fact, fuck that. One of the niggas that I fought, I think he fought a girl, bro. Real bully for you. You fight girls. And I remember that shit, man. I'm sorry. Fuck it. Let's take it to a dark place. It's my fucking show. I ain't gonna lie. Shouts out to my mother again. I'll never forget. It was the middle of the week. It wasn't even a weekend, man. And this is a real mother for you. It was just like a random ass Tuesday. And my mama was like, fuck it. Let's go to the Galleria. If you were St. Louis, nigga, you respected the Galleria in the 90s on a Tuesday night. Woo! That's just fly as it is, even as a grown man, just to go to the Galleria on a Tuesday night. That's just fly, man. You out there in Clayton, bro, everything's looking fly, everything's looking good. And my mama's like, I know that you've been wanting to start a jacket. I'm like, yes, mama. Yes, mother. All of the kids got started jackets. I feel like I'm the odd man out. She said, today's your lucky day. Let's get you a starter jacket. I said, for real? She said, yeah. I was like, man, I love my mama. I was like, my mama be looking out. And mind you, as a grown-ass man, I can respect it now. Because I'm like, I already know what it is. Shit. She had everything else tightened up. She was like, fuck it. I didn't tighten up the bills. I done tightened up, you know what I'm saying, the rent for about a, maybe a month or two or whatever the case is. And fucking my money's good. I know this. I don't want this little nigga to feel left out. Because I know what it is when I was a teenager. And I ain't like to feel left out. And I remember as far as that's concerned, my grandmama used to keep her tight on clothes. Because my granddaddy didn't give a fuck. And he was like, hey, here's clothes money for the year. That's it. Other than that, I'm going to focus on paying this motherfucking mortgage. Get the fuck out my face. But my grandmama, she kept, she kept her and my uncle looking good. Looking good. You know what I'm saying? So shouts out to my grandmother and shouts out to my mother. So I said, fuck it. I want the Raiders jacket. And I was like, Everybody else's got Raider jackets, but they look basic. They just says Raiders on the back. My Raiders jacket was off the fucking chain, y'all. It had a motherfucking hood on it. 
Everything looked regular, even the front. Nice ass Raiders joint, you know what I'm saying, on the fucking chest. Boom. But on the back, though, I had the biggest Raiders symbol known to fucking man on the back. Big ass fucking sign with the dude with the fucking eye patch and the sword and everything. I said, mama, this is what I want. My mama looked at the price tag and she was like, all right, fuck it. It is what it is. And she ain't say, oh, Merry Christmas or Happy Birthday. She said, it is what it is. Boom. Ring me up. Whoop, whoop. I was like, oh, shit. So, of course, it was the wintertime. So I had to floss that motherfucker the next day. Because niggas had all kinds of starter jackets in my class. Niggas had, it was, it was about who has the flyest starter jacket. That was like some old peacock shit back then when I was a kid. So, you know, some niggas had a bull's jacket. One nigga was real hard because he was like, yo, I got the bull's jacket. And he was like, oh shit, man, that bull's jacket hard as a motherfucker, man. <laughs> You know, then the nigga make that nothing didn't come through like check out my Georgetown. But then I came through with the Raiders jacket, man. Hard as a motherfucker. And they was like, damn, that shit is just all black and fucking silver. And the Raiders, you cannot fuck on. You can't. You can't fade that symbol, man. Even the Celtics, bro. That motherfucker is kind of goofy, but he makes a statement. And the Miami Hurricanes, kind of goofy, makes a statement. I feel like the hardest symbols in the game was the Chicago Bulls and the Oakland Raiders. That bull let you know that he wasn't fucking around. That bull let you know that he wasn't there for bullshit and I think certain symbols have the bull blowing smoke out of his nose like yo I'm ready to run your ass the fuck over you know what I'm saying and that raider bro that, that raider he looks like he ain't he ain't, he ain't here to lose he's just kind of snickering at you like motherfucker I will kill you so I was like fuck it give me that and eventually I would live on to have the fucking Raiders skull cap to match. But no, here's what started the fight. And I don't feel like you young niggas, y'all try to act all hard and tough through y'all music, but tell me will you do this though? It was the next day after I saw my mama pay for a fucking hundred dollar jacket. I wore this shit. All my mama said, ironically, all my mama said was, Brandon, take care of the coat. Make sure you hang it up and don't get it dirty. And I'm like, damn near like eight, nine years old. And I'm like, yes, yes, ma'am. No problem. Because I was a gangster ass little kid, but I knew how to put on the respectable face around my mother. And even to this day. You know what I'm saying? I talk hard and all this and that, but when I get around my mother, you know what I'm saying? For the most part, I have been able to be more of myself, but when I get around my mama, it's still to this day. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Okay. No problem. It's a respect thing. So I'm like, yes, ma'am. I won't need to get dirty. 
And I was like, thank you again, mommy, for the coat. She was like, no problem, Brandon. I was like, I love you, mama. And I went on to school. Fucked around, went through class, blah, 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 blah. I took in the information that I needed for my homework. I started knocking out my homework. I used to knock out my homework during class. Like, hold up. If you're gonna give me the homework, make me do this shit at home. Don't, don't, don't give me the homework and then tell me that I gotta do this shit at the crib. Fuck that. When I get to the crib, I'm trying to look at the box. And I'm trying to look at some motherfucking rap videos and watch some cartoons. Cause that's what I did as a kid. As a kid, I used to look at rap videos and I used to watch fucking cartoons. So if I ain't looking at Snoop Dogg, I'm looking at fucking Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck, nigga. DuckTales, nigga. Batman, the Adamans, the animated series, my nigga. Ninja Turtles. Fuck you talking about? Nah, this nigga, man. This nigga was way bigger than me, though. Like, this nigga was already six feet. But I ain't give a fuck. And I like that. It taught me something about myself at a young age, which is, wow, there's something in you that doesn't fear no man. Because as a man, do not ever fear another man. That nigga got a dick and two balls, just like you. That nigga got muscles, just like you. And don't be intimidated by fucking height. I'm not intimidated by height because I'm six foot one. Every once in a while, I bump into niggas that are taller than me. And you know what I do? I ask them niggas, how tall are you? One nigga told me, he was like, shit, nigga, I'm six foot five. I said, wow. And I looked at him and kind of looked up to him. And I was like, you know what? That makes me feel not so small. I'm six foot one. Have a good day, buddy. And I realized, like, damn, really, the only thing, the only difference between me and him was our fucking, the size of our fucking head. I was like, shit, three or four inches? I was like, shit, part of that is just the fucking size of your head, man. The real height difference is when we go from 6'1 to being a nigga like Shaq. <laughs> Boy, Shaq, if that nigga Shaq didn't do shit else in life, it would be awkward. That nigga Shaq had to go to the NBA, bro. Being that tall and talking like this. <laughs> and you know, Shaq is kind of goofy. And that's cool because Shaq is just living his life, man. He's just being who he wants to be, man. But to be this tall and to be this goofy, what else can you do in life? But go to the NBA and dunk on a bunch of niggas and become a Hall of Famer. But point blank. Here's the point of the story y'all was looking for. This nigga, this big overgrown nigga, was fucking running around the playground like a little old bitch because a girl was trying to throw a dice ball at him. So it's a dice ball game, and this girl is running at him like, I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna get you. And his ass is running around like, No, you're not gonna get me. No, you're not gonna get me. No, you're not gonna get me. And she threw the ball at him anyways and tagged his ass, right? And right when she tagged me, this nigga saw me and decided to use me as a force to break down his momentum from falling down. So he saw me and he pushed me. And when he pushed me, I fell down. Because the nigga is like, literally, damn near like five foot ten. 
And at this point, I'm still a kid. I'm like damn near 5'3". So he's like 5'10", 5'11". I'm like 5'3". He pushed me. And I fell to the ground. And I noticed that on my sleeve, I had a slight rip. My mama eventually wound up sewing the shit up. Because she was even pissed. But she sewed it up with some black thread, which made some sense. And she was like, nobody would ever notice it. But at the time, I was like, you know what? You got me fucked up. And that showed me what kind of person I was. You're going to learn who you are as a child. I got a daughter. And she's four years old. And I'm like, wow. Pretty soon, she's going to find out who she is. And I'm going to be there for it. I found out who I was that day. Because I got pushed down and for some reason, everybody else stopped. Everybody else on the playground stopped. Like, ooh. Because they knew, like, hold up. They was like, Brandon just got that. I heard, I heard a nigga whisper. It was like, yo, Brandon just got that coat. I got up. And I rose up slowly. And I was like, damn, dude. You can't even say excuse me. I feel like at that point in life. If we weren't a kids as an adult, because I know, dude, you know, and dude, as an adult, even now with the fact that he's big as hell. Nine times out of ten in an adult situation, because adults have guns and all other kinds of shit he would have probably been like like if it was a club situation as an adult I think that same dude would have probably been like oh shit my bad man I was just sitting up here just running away from this chick just trying to throw this ball at me man my bad my bad fam and I was still that type of dude where I would be like you know what alright cool alright cool alright man damn shit's a little ripped around here but Maybe my mama can stitch it up. Alright, man. I'm sorry about sorry about that. That's right, all good, man. Shit happens. I was that type of kid back then. But I was also the type of kid where I was like, you're not gonna say certain shit. So guess what this dude decided to say? This dude was like, you know what? Fuck you. Fuck that coat. And fuck your mama. Everybody was like, oh, and even in the back of my mind, the people in the back of my mind, my anxiety, my fucking sensitive side, my fucking fearful side, my fucking wild side, my wild side took over. My wild side said, fuck it, hold my beer, (laughs) get me up. My wild side grabbed the gears of my fucking body. Like, fuck it. Arms, arms, legs, legs, and I'll form the head. I don't even need you other motherfuckers in this mental brain to fucking operate. I'm going to operate this whole motherfucking Voltron system by my goddamn self. Y'all other motherfuckers, y'all too logical. I was like, you know... It was like, you know what, one part of you, the little sarcastic side, you want to fuck around and try to maybe go back and forth with him. Ain't no going back and forth with this. You said, fuck my mama. Fuck you. Fuck your coat and fuck your mama. No, I hooked clean the fuck off on that nigga. 
And guess what? It wasn't like some people. Some of y'all are pussies. Some of y'all back in the days, in the 90s, all y'all would do, because he was a bully. So all y'all would do is y'all be happy to throw one punch on the bully. Like, bam, ooh, I hit the bully. Now it's time for me to get beat up. All right, I did my duty. And I'm just going to let him live his legacy. Fuck no. I hit that nigga with a left, right, left, right, uh, bam, 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 bam. I went at that nigga. That nigga came at me with a hard ass punch though, like, boom. <laughs> and I was like, God damn, this nigga strong. What is this nigga eating, Wheaties? I was like, oh. <laughs> and that shit hurt. That nigga threw a hurtful ass punch and that shit made me stumble back like, bam. Cause I ain't gonna lie. I threw like about damn near seven, eight hard pieces at him. And it seemed like the nigga was like invincible on some Luke Cage shit. He just ate him like doom, 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 doom. But you know what? Everybody respected it though. They was like, yo, this nigga is down to bang. And then the nigga kicked me in my leg. My leg was hurting for a fucking week. And at the end of the day, even after that one punch and that one fucking hard ass kick, when he kicked me in my leg, I fucking stumbled back a little bit like, oh, shit, damn. But I was like, fuck it, keep on swinging. Try to kill this nigga. Boom, 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 boom. Then they broke it up. And then they put us in the office. And the nerd to ask me of all people, why was y'all fighting? I was like, ask this nigga. I was like, no, ask him. So why were y'all fighting? I knocked him over. I was like, and then, and then I was like, nigga, and then tell him what happened. He asked me why I knocked him over. I was like, and then tell him what happened. I said, fuck you and fuck your jacket and fuck your mama. It was like, you know what? You got a fucking behavior problem. We're going to suspend you for a couple of days. And it was like, you, you're suspended for a day. I was like, why I gotta even get suspended? It's like, because you threw the first punch. You should have walked away. I was like, all right. You know what's the craziest thing about that whole story, y'all? I ain't even get in trouble at home. My mama was mad at first. Like, Brandon, what the fuck? You been fighting? What the fuck happened? And I told her the whole story. And when I, as soon as, you know what's funny about women? As soon as I said the part about fuck your mama, she was like, oh, damn, why you should have beat his ass? She was like, I beat your ass if you wouldn't have said something. She was like, I ain't raising no punks over here. And she ordered me some Domino's pizza. And I felt happy as a kid. I was like, wow, I get Domino's pizza with the garlic sauce, man. I was like, I got Domino's pizza with the garlic sauce. And my mama told me, cause she doesn't condone violence like that, but she told me, she was like, hey, I ain't expecting you to be fighting over the little bit shit. Cause for the most part, I want you to get your education. But she was like, in a situation like that, you needed to do what you had to do because that's a bully. And I noticed something. I noticed that he continued being a bully, y'all. He continued picking on people even after he got back into school. He 
He continued picking on people and fucking with people. But you know what I liked about it? <laughs> for you millennials, for you tight jean, tight shirt, lean sipping, pill popping, weirdo ass, let me dip my dreads in Kool-Aid ass niggas. You want to know what happened after I fought that nigga? Even though my punches really didn't do shit to him, but his one punch to the face and his one kick to the leg fucking halfway injured me for a quick little second, but then I bounced back. He didn't fuck with me. That dude, even to this day, that dude has never picked on me. Dude did not pick on me. He left me alone because you know why? Here's how you deal with a bully. And y'all be talking about getting cyber bullied. Cyber bullied? Motherfucker, I come from the real life era where a real life bully will put real life hands on you and do real life harm to you. I come from that era where I've had to fight bullies like in real life. Like, Lily, a bully will run up and smack the shit out of you and take your fucking Snickers bar. You allowing a motherfucker to bully you over the fucking internet? Some shit that you can log in and log off of? Y'all y'all a different type of pussy. I'm sorry. Y'all a whole different type of weirdo. Please. I did. You know what I call them? They're not cyber bullies to me. I call them trolls. And guess what I do with trolls? I know how to troll a troll. When a troll comes at me with some fucked up shit, I do either two options. Either A, I ignore them, or B, I come at them with some shit that would shut their whole shit down. And I fuck them up. Like, fuck it. It ain't going to be no easy fight. And that's what you have to do with a bully. If you're a young man, and I'm doing this as a positive message. If you are a young man between the ages of fucking 5 to 15 years old and you're dealing with a bully you know what I'm going to tell you as Lewis says black as another man if you are dealing with a bully the way that you deal with a bully is don't let them harass you because number one they're making you look weak around other men and men we are fucking predators so if we see that a bully can take advantage of you even though we're not bullies we feel like we can take advantage of you and also you're lowering your sexual market your sexual market starts at 100% and then it slowly goes down between dumb goofy shit that you do so when a woman sees that you're being bullied by another guy guess who she wants to fuck Nine times out of ten, she wants to fuck the bully. She doesn't want to fuck the fucking victim. You know why? Because sex is a submissive thing. When you have sex with a woman, you are making her submit. And a woman is not going to submit to a man that she feels is fucking beta or fucking weak. It's just human nature. By human nature, if you put yourself next to the bully, She's going to naturally fuck the bully. Even though he's an asshole 
and he doesn't know how to talk to anybody and he acts like he's fucking anti-social she wants that she probably figures nine times out of ten he has a big dick alright and she's figuring nine times out of ten the reason why you're allowing yourself to get bullied is because you got a small dick now sometimes that ain't the case that's why I'm telling you if you are dealing with a bully you whoop that bully's ass cause I ain't trying to be funny that's how I came up cause trust me it wasn't no dick issue I'm good God bless me God bless me down there I'm, I'm, I'm straight in that department I ain't had no complaints and it was just hey it was the first time the situation ever presented itself I dealt with it in the neighborhood but it was in the neighborhood and then behind closed scenes and even then them niggas backed up off me cause I told them niggas if you want this bike you're gonna have to fucking kill me and they weren't ready for that I never forget this shit my dad had just bought me a brand new black and gold bike this shit had a it was a bike with a fucking transmission on it like it had a fucking gear shift like if you're going up a hill put it into first or second gear if you're going down the hill put it in this gear and I lived on Lillian Avenue and it was like a street that was kind of like a hill like some San Francisco shit so I was like yeah yeah you know like as an 8, 9 year old I was like really like getting into the shit and I was really testing this shit out hmm? I may have fell a couple of times but I was like fuck it see back then in the 90s you were able to live life and you were able to just be a kid and just live Y'all on some pussy shit, man. Fuck out of here, man. Y'all ain't living life, man. Y'all ain't riding bikes. Y'all ain't falling off of shit. Y'all ain't going to the court, shooting basketball hoops, getting your shot together. The only reason why I had a shot back when I was in the eighth grade and the reason why I was able to shoot and play basketball is because I went to the court by myself rather than sitting at home and looking at my fucking phone like a goddamn nerd and jacking off I decided as a little fucking kid to just take my ass outside put my key in my pocket lock up the house and I was like fuck it there is no social media I'm going to fucking go outside and shoot some damn hoops I'm gonna miss a couple of baskets but every time I miss I learned how to score and after a while, I was like, bucket, 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 bucket. And I was like, all right, fuck it. Mama, sign me up for basketball. And I did. And you know what? My first league of ba- my first year of basketball as a little bitty kid, I ain't scored shit, bro. It was fucking embarrassing. But then when I finally wound up getting to eighth grade basketball, shit wound up scoring like a motherfucker. But you know about being 13 years old, and you're averaging 12 points a game 12 points a game you're guaranteed for a block and you're guaranteed for about 7 to 8 rebounds that's doing damn good and when I was trying to get to the court niggas would bully me niggas would pull me over shit man we finna take that bike you know what I told a motherfucker you gotta let a motherfucker know that you crazy man you gotta let a cause you know what people are scared of a motherfucker that's ready to die guess what I told that motherfucker I said I'm ready to die motherfucker you ain't taking this shit you gonna take this bike over my fucking 
dead fucking body. I'll fight you and your homeboy with this fucking wrench. And I flinched at that nigga. And that, just the fact that that nigga kind of flinched back, I was like, these niggas is homemade. These niggas is homemade. And I shrugged my shoulder at that nigga. And I said, you know what? Fuck it, let's roll. Come on. Then his little partner was like, man, leave this nigga alone. This nigga, this nigga crazy. This bike ain't worth it. No, a fight ain't worth it. Now, a pussy ass nigga that's going to let you take his bike, that is worth it. That's that, Cause I ain't trying to be funny. That bike was worth some money. They could have took that to the pawn shop and they could have easily got damn near a hundred dollars, bro. They could have got a hundred dollars with just the pawn shop man playing them. Cause I already knew my bet. My dad paid two fifty for that shit, and he told me. He said I paid two hundred and fifty dollars for this bike, son. And I was like, I could tell. Like in the nineties. I could tell that it was $250 worth of 90s money, which was a lot. $250 in the 90s was a lot. $250 in the 90s was damn near half your fucking rent. I say all this to say this. To you young millennials, man, don't let nobody fuck with you, bro. I'm not the one to tell you to walk away. Walk into it. If you see a problem, walk into it and handle that shit. Because either two things is going to happen. Either one, you're going to fucking handle that shit. And you're going to fucking gain respect. And you're going to keep a motherfucker up and off of and out of your ass. Or number two, heaven forbid the worst thing ever, death. The worst thing a motherfucker can ever do to you is fucking kill you. They can't do shit to you after you're dead. And I ain't gonna lie, even if a motherfucker do kill you, you know what? Guess what? Nine times out of ten, if you've been living your life right, and if you've been doing right, and acting right, nine times out of ten, you're going to heaven anyways. So now you finna meet God, and you finna meet his son, Jesus. And you'll be alright. And you'll be in a better place. Now, am I saying walk towards the bullshit at all times? No. There's certain times where it's cool to punk out. It's cool to punk out. But if it comes to some life or death shit, choose life and go for yours. And don't let nam motherfucker punk you. Straight up. That's the end of the episode. Louis S. Black. Merry motherfucking Christmas, y'all. Peace.